Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. Welcome. I am excited for this show. It is Monday. Normally, that's a bummer. I mean, normally, we're kind of like, back to work, back to the grind. Today's different. Today is the day of the game. Game day. Pittsburgh Steelers going to host the Cleveland Browns tonight. Monday Night Football. You know, I didn't even realize this until late last week. That this is part of a double header. It's a shock the NFL is doing this. They used to always do the, if you remember uh, back in 20, shoot, 2018 or something like that. Ben Roethlisberger was in, in the lineup, I believe. I think it was 2020. His first game back from elbow surgery, they played the early game on a Monday night doubleheader against the New York Giants. But then they had that late game. So it's typically the LA Chargers or someone out west. That would be like a 10 o'clock start. That made sense. This is the second game of a doubleheader tonight with the the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints playing. It's, I think, 7-15, and then the Steelers game is at 8-15, 8-20, give or take. They're literally going to overlap these games, and they're, I, I don't know why they're doing it. It's weird, uh, but nonetheless, it's part of a doubleheader. So there you go. The Steelers play tonight. I'm excited for this game. I know there's a lot of people that aren't. I know there's a lot of people that are not looking forward to this game because they think it's over, and we're going to talk about that, keeping the faith That's going to be the title of this podcast. Keep the faith, folks. Gosh, just keep the faith. We got this. Just keep the faith. Trust me. I'm going to explain it. Before we get to that, let's get to the news. Injury reports are out. I'm going to send you over to Dave Schofield's uh, Last Minute Thoughts, which actually ran on Sunday morning like it normally does. But you can go back and listen. He talked about the injury report, how the Steelers are going to be without Anthony McFarland. They're going to be without Deontay Johnson, which we knew. Uh, But... I'll tell you what, there's a couple things that are interesting about the injury status of not the Steelers, but the Browns. Amari Cooper, wide receiver for the Browns, kind of just popped up on the injury report. I believe it was either a groin or a hamstring. Can't remember. I really don't care. Everyone's kind of like, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. As of Sunday, Adam Schefter of ESPN reported that Amari Cooper's injury is much more severe than they thought. Maybe it's they're not wanting to make it worse than it is. He's not expected to play. That's a really big win for the Steelers when it comes to not having to worry about Amari Cooper on the outside. Some will say he's washed. Some will say he's not even that big of a concern. For me, one less weapon, one less target helps the Steelers. And in this case, I will take any help the team can get. Go back to last week, I said the same thing about Nick Bosa when he was going through the contract stuff. George Kittle with his groin injury. Any chance for the Steelers to win, I'm all for it. So the injury reports are basically there. The Steelers are hopeful to have 
Not only Pat Fryermuth, Chukes Okorafor with the concussion protocol, Larry Ogunjobi with his foot, James Daniels also with a foot. Uh, It's good to have these guys available. Let's hope they stay healthy and they can get out of this Monday Night Football game with a clean bill of health as they have a short week then as they travel in Week 3 to play the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Speaking of Week 2, I I wanted to wait and do this show until most of these games were wrapped up. The, the Bengals and the Ravens game, that was, the, it was a big AFC North weekend, and obviously the Steelers and Browns are going to cap that off on Monday night. Baltimore Ravens beat the Bengals. I, I, got a, I watched most of this game. If I wasn't watching, I was listening, doing stuff around the house, getting some work done. The Baltimore Ravens really did dominate this game. They dominated the game. They dominated time of possession. They moved the ball well. Joe Burrow and the Bengals but the, the protection for Joe Burrow becomes a real big issue at this point. And not only that, you have Joe Burrow who openly admits after the game that he re-aggravated his calf injury that had him sit out the entire preseason. I'm sorry, but, you know, everyone's like, oh, the Bengals will be fine. The Bengals will be fine. Yeah, it's easy for us to say that, but maybe the Bengals won't be fine. Maybe the Bengals are actually, maybe there's they're really struggling. And it, it's going to be something to keep your eye on when it comes to Joe Burrow's health, the offensive line's ability to protect him. I'll tell you what, the Ravens are a tough out, though. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. I'm not still not impressed with this offense as I watch the game, but I'll tell you what, he's still that real sneaky player that right when you think he got him on a key third down, he escapes, gets the first down with his legs. Those type of plays are killers. He did that a lot against Cincinnati. Kudos to the Ravens. They're 2-0. The Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2. This this division is right now, it's upside down. We'll see how it plays out. But I'll tell you what else Week 2 revealed to me. Just watching games, you know, even if it's NFC, doesn't matter. It, it reveals that, that you don't know much about just one week of action. Like, there's just not that much out there. But for just one week, everyone's always saying, oh, well, you know, Steelers, and they, they lost real bad last season, or last week to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, they did. But other than that, I mean, it's up and down. You've got teams that are turning it around in week two. You've got teams that continue to plummet in week two. You've got teams that look like a completely different team from week one. It's just interesting. The week-by-week nature of the National Football League is in full swing. And the one thing I wanted to talk about today, in the second half of this show, we're going to talk about keys to victory. I was requested to try and do another parlay. Like, let's do the three-leg parlays again. Okay, so I found a three-leg parlay for everyone to try on Monday night, see if it hits, we'll see. But still, everyone, I, I said this on Twitter over the weekend. People were coming, they weren't coming at me, but I was you know, tweeting out articles because it's my job. I was obviously commenting on things, doing work uh, that surrounds the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is my job, and people were like, oh, season's over, season's done, it's done. So I tweeted out, and, and it's completely in jest. Hey, folks, you know, I just was told that the Steelers, the season's over. It's hard to believe. I thought we were going to have 16 games left, but no, and turns out they're done. So just pack it in, and uh, hey, let's get ready for the NFL draft. That is seriously where some fans' minds are right now. They are done. They had all this hope, all this optimism coming in from a great offseason, coming in from a tremendous preseason, and now it feels like their legs got swept out from underneath them. Yeah, it was a gut punch last Sunday, but I'm here to tell you today that we have to keep the faith. We have to keep the faith when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, following that San Francisco loss, I I cannot remember a time 
that where it wasn't a playoff loss. Playoff loss ends your season. We know this. I cannot think of a regular season loss where the fan base completely flipped on its head like this. I can't do it. You could go back to the 13-3 and season of 2017. You could talk about 2019 when Roethlisberger goes down against Seattle in Week 2 with the elbow injury, and then it's the Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges year. You could go back to last season with Mitch Trubisky starting and Kenny Pickett coming in and there being some really rocky times before they kind of leveled out. Never in my recent memory have I experienced a fan base completely flip like this after one regular season game, and that being week one. I can't remember it. There's people that I swear, guard the bridges in Pittsburgh or wherever you live, get someone out there because people are jumping off ledges. That is the overall, and if they're not jumping off ledges, they're ready to fight. I mean, verbally on, you know, muscle tweeting, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm a keyboard warrior, that type of stuff. You don't know ball. You don't know ball. Shut up with that stuff. Seriously. Even people at Steel Curtain Network are kind of like down in the dumps and not very positive. I got to be honest. I was shocked on the Steelers preview podcast last Thursday. Myself, Dave Schofield, Brian Davis doing what we normally do. Dave is a very realistic guy. Always has been. Brian and I are normally eternal optimists. I'm watching, I'm watching the show, and we're doing the show, and I'm communicating with these guys. And you know, here I am thinking like they're going to bounce back. Dave's like, oh, I don't know. Brian's like, nah, I don't know. And then they both pick the Browns at home. I'm like, wow. Hey, they have their opinions. I'm not here to bash them. I'm just saying, like, wow. Like that's where we are right now. A lot of these fans are just they're they're done. I can't believe it. I can't wrap my head around it after just one game. Think about that. One game, they're done. Or they're at least thinking the worst is going to happen. Well, I'm sorry. It's 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 one of those situations. I don't like to go to this mental space. I'm a very optimistic guy. I'm optimistic in life, and I'm really optimistic when it comes to sports and things like the Steelers. So I've, I've always seen things as the glass half full. They joke with me on the Steelers preview whenever we give our weekly picks. They're like, I don't think you've ever picked against the Steelers. I probably haven't based on the fact that I can always, in my mind, picture a way that the Steelers find a way to win. But let's go down the what I call the negative Nancy pathway. Let's go down the negative Nancy pathway, and let's say the Steelers lose tonight to the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. Then what? Like, let's talk about that. Then what happens? Okay, so they're 0-2. They're 0-2. They would be tied with the Cincinnati Bengals, tied for third in the division. Not That's bad. So I was curious. I looked back. I say, how many times in Mike Tomlin's tenure? Remember, he was hired in 2007. How many times in his tenure as the Steelers head coach have the Steelers started 0-2? So I looked it up. We all remember 2013, right? 2013 was very memorable for me. That was a year that... Uh, in the week four game against the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football. I was the NBC fan of the week that week. I got to ride around on the Sunday Night Football bus. It was a lot of fun, a full weekend packed full of stuff. Uh, that was a really great time. But they lost that game. They started that year 0-4. 0-4. was the trip to London. Remember, they played the Minnesota Vikings over in London. Greg Jennings had a big catch and run. I mean, it was that, that was a horrible start to the year, 0-4. 
Then in 2018, now they didn't start out 0-2, but they didn't win their first two games. They went 0-1-1. Remember that really weird tie with the Browns? And then in 2019, we mentioned Ben Roethlisberger's injury. They started the year 0-3. If you remember, they lost to the New England Patriots in Week 1. Week 2, the Seattle Seahawks is when Ben went down, and he didn't come back in after halftime. Uh, the Dante Moncrief should have been a catch, turns into an interception. They lose that game, and I think Week 3 they got to San Francisco, and they uh, they they lose that game, even though the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo tried to give them the game. You all probably remember that. So those are the only three times in Mike Tomlin's tenure that the Steelers have not won at least one game in their first two. A lot of the times they start out really well. But recent history has shown that they've had a propensity to maybe stumble a little bit out of the gate. Well, I, I hate to tell you, like, oh, well, guess what? In those three years, the Steelers returned it around and made the playoffs. No, none of that happened. What happened was is that did they resurrect the season and – become viable options to potentially make the playoffs? Yes, in all three years they did. Did they make the playoffs in those three years? No, no, they didn't. Not once. They never made the playoffs with those three years. So you're probably thinking, wow, Jeff, history doesn't bode well if the Steelers lose this game. No, history doesn't. But at the same time, there's a lot of history stating that the Steelers won't lose tonight. If you're going to put that much stock into the history books, well, you know the Steelers' history in Monday Night Football games at home. You know the Steelers' history of playing the Browns at home. It's very, very good. So it's one of those things where I don't like to go down this road. But even if they did lose the two games to start the season, 0-2, well, what's coming up? What is the slate of games coming up? Like That's a good question. So in Week 3, they go to the Las Vegas Raiders, who just got their doors blown off by the Buffalo Bills on the road in New York. Okay, Then they go to Houston who just got shellacked by the Indianapolis Colts in week two. Then they have the Baltimore Ravens at home before their bye week in week six. So I look at that and I say, okay, 0-2, you don't want to be 0-2. History does not bode well for 0-2. But if you do, if you are 0-2, do I think that you could write the ship even before the bye week? Absolutely, I think you could. I absolutely think that they have the great chance to do so. Because even with a loss, the season isn't over, no matter what anyone says. And I know what you might be thinking out there. Jeff, like you're, you're literally preparing us for a loss. No, no, I am not. What did I say? I don't like to go down these mental pathways, the negative Nancy pathways. Oh, the Steelers are going to lose. They stink. Mike Tomlin, blah, blah, blah. I don't like that, that line of thought, but I did that just for this part of the show of the what if they lose. But what if they win? What if the offense comes out and actually looks like the offense we saw in the preseason? Explosive plays. Dynamic playmakers. Kenny Pickett on point, not off. Offensive line holding up. Creating some running lanes. Even though they're without Deontay Johnson. Even though they're without, you know, some other... uh, Deontay Johnson was the only offensive player they're hopefully going to be without because Pat Fryermuth and James Daniels, like I mentioned, should be able to play. Even though like the offense, what if it looks different? What if they win this game and it's exciting and it re- and it just kind of like re-energizes everyone? Well, then what? I know that some people say, oh, well, I'd rather prepare for the worst and then be delighted by the best. Whatever. Whatever. I just want people to understand that we as fans, we have no input bearing on the outcome of this game. None. So all we can do as fans is keep the faith. We have to just continually support this team, support the coaches. Oh, my gosh. You talking about Matt Canada? 
he's the offensive coordinator, isn't he? So, yeah, we can sit there and we can write articles and we can send tweets and we can bash him left and right. But until the day that the Steelers say, hey, Matt, thank you for your work, but we're going to go find someone else or we're going to go in a different direction, you have to hope they're going to right the ship. You have to hope that as a fan with no input whatsoever within the team, within the organization, that they're going to find a way to make this thing work. If they get rid of Matt Canada, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of rejoicing amongst the Steelers fan base. But until that time, we have to keep the faith. We have to keep the faith. So how did the Steelers win, right? That's the question. How do they win? How do they find a way to beat this team that last week shellacked the Bengals 24-3 in Cleveland? How do they beat them? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in the second half. I'm going to give you my keys to victory for offense, defense, and even some nuggets on special teams, as well as my final prediction and my three-leg parlay. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, Steelers fans. Hey, uh, before we get started in the second half of this show, I want to remind everyone. So after the game tonight, you can check out myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Davis for the post-game show. And you'll be able to, if you don't want to stay up that late, I don't blame you. It'll be live on your devices, wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Pandora, uh, Anchor, I think still exists. I know Stitcher doesn't, but still, wherever you find your podcast, you can get that. You're probably saying, well, what about the winners and losers? Yes, I am going to be back tomorrow, Tuesday. This is going to run at 9 a.m. We have my winners and losers podcast will run 9 a.m. Be aware that sometimes Apple Podcasts, there's a little bit of a delay. So hopefully it's not on, it's not too late, but you'll hear from me, shorter podcasts, winners and losers. And then I hate to say this, but you got to be ready for the mailbag tweet as well, because on Wednesday, I'm going to be back regular schedule with my Wednesday podcast. So tomorrow's lineup, just so we're all clear. Tomorrow, you're going to have the post-game show to, to take in early in the morning. You'll have my winners and losers about midway through the morning. At 12, we're going to have the Here We Go Steelers show with Brian Davis and Coach KT Smith. And then after that, at I think 3 o'clock is when the Steelers fix is going to go live with Jeremy Jerome Betts and Andrew Wilbar, and then we'll be back on schedule that evening with the Scobro Show. You know, I always hate Monday night games because you have that long delay, the whole day Sunday, the whole day Monday, and then afterwards, it's like trying to catch up. So Tuesday, you know, I I, I don't know if Mike Tomlin's speaking on Tuesday. He might. This is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Buckle up. We're going to have all that covered for you at Steel Curtain Network on our audio side and on the website side as well. All right, let's talk about keys to victory because that's the question everyone wants to know. How in the hell are the Steelers going to find a way to win? Let's talk about offense first. When I think about the Steelers' offense and what they need to do after such a really poor outing against the San Francisco 49ers, they need to win on first down. Okay, Winning on first down is going to set them up for manageable second and third downs. Having those minus one, no gains on first down are absolutely brutal. It's one of those situations where they have to win on first down with positive yards, even if it's a three-yard gain on the ground. A second and seven compared to a second and ten is a big difference. So win on first down. Next, no turnovers. They, they just I'm going to make that very clear. They can't turn the ball over. 
Punt the ball if you have to, but don't turn it over. Turnovers are going to be killers. You had Kenny Pickett throw two picks last week, and he had a third that should have been picked. Fred Warner dropped the ball. So they can't have those plays. No turnovers. And then lastly, third down success. Last week, in week one, they were 5 for 15. 5 for 15. And I guarantee you, maybe three or four of those came on that 95-yard touchdown drive at the end of the first half. Before that, they didn't have a first down. So it's one of those where they have to win on third down, at least to keep the chains moving, to flip the field, to give the defense a break. That's a that if I were going to throw a fourth, just so we're just so we're, let me give you an example. If I'm going to throw a fourth, and this might not happen with Calvin Austin the third being hopefully in there the most for Deontay Johnson, is can we just limit the predictability on the offensive side of the ball with the play calling standpoint? Think about the first. Go back to the first series against the 49ers last week. First play, George Pickens, I believe it was a gain of six yards. So now you're looking at second and four. That's winning on first down right there. That's exactly what I just described, win on first down. So now you have a second and four. Well, they trot number 19 out there, Calvin Austin the third. San Francisco immediately says, get ready, key on this guy. They're going to get him the ball some way, somehow. What do they do? A little pop pass. It wasn't a jet sweep. It was a pop pass. Pat Fryermuth blocks no one. Doesn't even look like he knows what the play is. And it gets taken for a loss. Well, now you just set yourself back. Now I think they face like a third and six. He Calvin Austin somehow, someway almost got back to the line of scrimmage. It just threw everything off. Don't outthink yourself on offense. Be smart. Not as predictable. So there are your keys on offense. Win on first down, no turnovers, and then have some third down success. Let's go to defense. On the defensive side, I, I've said this on multiple podcasts last week. I was on uh, our Browns affiliate. They had me on one of their shows, and they talked about Nick Chubb and what I thought the Steelers might do. I said, look, there are certain players in this league. You don't say the word stop. You don't stop certain players. You just hope to slow them down. Christian McCaffrey last week is one of those players. You don't say, we're going to stop Christian McCaffrey. That's really difficult, especially with that offensive line. You have to hope to slow him down. That's the same with Nick Chubb. Slow down Nick Chubb. Don't let him break off the big run. If they're going to say, okay, three yards in a cloud of dust, two yards in a cloud of dust, one yard, just stop him for minimal gains, and you know what will eventually happen. It's not like, oh, the defense is going to wear down. You do that enough, eventually Kevin Stefanski will stop calling runs. He will start throwing the ball more. If they aren't getting a four, five-yard average, you look at his history, he will abandon the run. Even when you're watching the games, you're thinking, man, if they keep running it, the Steelers won't be able to stop it. He will abandon the run. Steelers have to slow him down, try and force the ball into Deshaun Watson's hands. Next, speaking of Deshaun Watson, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, they have to have a game. Both of them do. You look at Alex Highsmith, I I read this on the Steelers preview. He has a really good history against Jed Willis, the left tackle. Now on the right tackle, Jack Conklin is out with an ACL-MCL tear. He's done for the year. So they have rookie, oh gosh, I forget his name, Dwayne something. He's out there saying to the media that he feels like he has a good grasp on what T.J. Watt wants to do and that he's going to be able to handle him. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) You said, what? You're going to handle T.J. Watt? That's funny. So people ask me, Jeff, do you think T.J. Watt heard that? 
Do you think he's like, uh, you think he's going to be motivated by that? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Go back to when he was on Ben Roethlisberger's podcast. So he, he's on Ben's podcast. And I don't know if it was, it was Ben. Ben asked him this question. He said, okay, TJ, here's the question for you. If you have the choice between going against a an offensive tackle that is bigger, stronger, you're going to look for like maximizing your speed, or you have a smaller guy, really athletic and faster, who would you prefer to go against? What does TJ Watt say? It doesn't matter. I love it. I love it. But don't think for a second that he doesn't hear this rookie saying this and he doesn't think to himself, I'm going to make this kid look foolish. I'm going to make him look foolish. So go back to last week. TJ Watt's coming off a three-sack game. And I know I'm going a little long on this. My apologies. But TJ Watt's coming off a three-sack game. You better believe they're going to be taking one of their tight ends, David Njoku or whoever else. I think Harrison Bryant's the other one. And they're going to be putting him on that side saying, hey, you got to chip him. You're going to need to help the rookie out. What does that mean for the other side? Alex Highsmith's not going against Trent Williams this week. He's going against a guy he's familiar with and a guy that he's had success against. This is where Alex Highsmith has got to eat. He's got to get ready to have a heck of a game. Because all of a sudden, if he starts winning, then what do the Browns do? They better hope and pray that they're running the ball with Nick Chubb because if the Steelers can slow him down, that's going to hopefully let those two pass rushers pin their ears back and get after Deshaun Watson. And then the last key. The last key is take the football away. Just take it away. I don't care if it's fumbles. I don't care if it's interceptions. They need to create extra possessions for the offense. I'm hoping the Steelers' offense does not need and require these extra possessions, but there is a chance that they will. And if that does happen, and if that comes to fruition, the Steelers' defense needs to help. They need to give them those extra possessions. It is, I hate to say it's not its not as definitive as the offense where I said you cannot turn it over, but it's pretty darn close to you have to have at least one. You have to win the turnover battle. You have to win the turnover-takeaway battle. My gosh, that's going to be absolutely paramount for this defense. Do those three things. Slow down, Chubb. Have Watt and Highsmith having a day. And then take the ball away, and you will be setting yourself up for success in a big way on Monday Night Football. Special teams. I normally don't go into special teams, right? Special teams is kind of like just, just don't mess it up. Like, just don't F it up. That's exactly what I think of when I think of special teams. You know, make the kicks, Chris Boswell. Have good snaps, Christian Kuntz. Punt the ball well, big press. I just, I don't want anything crazy. Just be consistent. But I will say this, and I I predicted this on a show last week, and that is I think the Steelers are going to benefit from a big play on special teams, and I think it's going to involve Calvin Austin III. I don't know what it is. I have a feeling it's going to be a punt return. He's going to either break one, and we'll see the first Steelers potential Steelers punt return for a touchdown since Deontay Johnson did it in Arizona in 2019. We could see that. We could at least flip the field, get the team, get the crowd energized, and might just be what the doctor ordered. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe a big play from Calvin Austin the third. All right, so like I said, there was – couple people on Twitter that said, hey, Jeff, like last week, dude, where was the parlay? Well, last year, at the time, we were sponsored by DraftKings, and uh, they were paying us, by proxy me, to do the, the three-leg parlay, at least three legs every single week. Well, obviously, we're not sponsored by DraftKings now. You've heard us with my bookie and things like that. So what I did, I looked up a three-leg parlay. 
And let me also say, this is tough. These parlays, almost all of them, yeah, I could have gone to the defensive side, but without Cam Hayward and some of the issues they've had, you don't want to talk about Nick Chubb rushing yards or Deshaun Watson passing yards. You want to be able to have some decent numbers there. So what I decided to do is here's what I went with. I wrote this in an article over the weekend at SteelCurtainNetwork.com. Give that a check. Give, give, check that site out if you haven't yet. So SteelCurtainNetwork.com wrote this article about how results matter. Like at some point, the results have to matter, right? And the fact that Kenny Pickett in 14 games played has not had a game where he has thrown for more than one touchdown, it's kind of bothersome for me. Even these schmuck quarterbacks that go out there have thrown for more than one in a game. So it's time. So I said, Kenny Pickett, two-plus touchdowns, that's plus 182. I'll take that as my first leg in the parlay. Now I'm wondering about George Pickens. How is George Pickens going to be affected by Deontay Johnson not being in the lineup? Is it going to have, and this is something we talked about in the Steelers preview podcast on Thursday, is it going to have a negative effect on him? And when I say a negative effect, what I mean is that he's going to have more attention. Deontay Johnson's not going to be able to take some of the double teams away, the bracket coverages that NFL teams love to do. Is it going to be more focused on George Pickens? Is it going to hinder his overall yards that he's going to be able to have? Like, how many yards are you going to be able to get? So, I still went with George Pickens having 40 or more receiving yards. Okay, so it's minus 136. And then lastly, I was like, you know what? I really like the Steelers to win this game. I'm going to give you my prediction in case you missed it on Friday. I'll take the third leg, the Steelers winning, getting two and a half points. So there you have it. That's a three-leg parlay. If you're if you're interested in it, this is in no way not not giving advice or anything like that. This is just what I would I'm thinking. Don't come at me if you lose money. I'm not telling you to gamble. I'm, you have hey, you manage your own money yourself. But I've got Kenny Pickett throwing two plus touchdowns, George Pickens 40 yards receiving or more, and the Steelers getting two and a half points. What about my prediction? In case you missed it with Jeremy Jerome Betts or on the Steelers preview, I do like the Steelers to win this game. Do I think that it's going to be a, I want to say like a resurrection of the Steelers offense, that they're going to bounce back and be like, oh man, this is great. This is what we've been missing. The Steelers offense is back. Like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Do I think they're going to have more success? Yes, I do think they're going to have more success. Do I think it's going to be pretty for four quarters? No, there's going to be some really ugly moments. Do I think the Steelers just find a way to win the game? Yes, I do. I have the Steelers winning 23-21. to That's right, 23-21. to The Steelers find a way to win. They even out their record at 1-1, and then hopefully the fan base, Steeler Nation, starts to feel a little bit better, a little bit different about the team, less ledge walking. <laughs> we'll put it that way. All right, folks, that does it for me. I hope you enjoy the game tonight. I hope you check us out for the post-game show or at least catch it the next day wherever you get your podcast. And make sure you're on the lookout for my Winners and Losers podcast tomorrow, Tuesday, as well as the mailbag tweet. Don't forget about the mailbag tweet. We need those questions for the Wednesday episode of Let's Ride. But that does it for me. You know how we finished it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers! Keep them brown.